Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 199 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Luke chapter 16 today and we have several things to focus on. What happens when we die? Where is Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side, depending on the translation you're reading? Is it purgatory? Plus an illustration, a vivid illustration of the last being first and the first being last. So welcome to new listeners all across the world from Wellington, New Zealand, Victoria, Australia, San Jose, Costa Rica, Talangana, India, Parts Unknown Russia, Parts Unknown Bangladesh, Nova Scotia, Canada, Abuja, Nigeria, Evansville, Indiana, and Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening. Our goal is to encourage you in daily Bible reading and daily Bible following. And if you want to subscribe to the show, that would be fantastic. The best and easiest place to do that is at our website, Bible2021.com. There are links there that will lead you to be able to subscribe quickly on iTunes and Spotify and other places. Let's uh, talk about Luke 16. And I need to open up with a stark and very sobering reminder that needs to be pointed out from verse 5. Jesus told them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts, for what is highly admired by people is revolting in God's sight. That's a, uh, uh, that's a stinging verse, right? That's a cup of cold water to the face. Uh, we would do well to remember this particular truth from Jesus, that which is popular and well-liked and well-thought-of in the secular world is revolting or repelling or disgusting to God. His ways are not our ways. Trying to be popular with the rich and famous and beautiful and well-liked of the world is a bit of a recipe for disaster for the Christian because, again, that which is admired by the popular and the 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 famous and the rich and famous, etc., is revolting to God. And Jesus says we cannot serve two masters. Well, Jesus tells a remarkably vivid parable in Luke 16, a rich man who has no name and a beggar who is named Lazarus, and by the way, that's a common name in the first century, not the same uh, Lazarus that was resurrected. Um, But we have uh, a tale of two people in these two guys, uh, one very rich and blessed, and one Lazarus who is so poor and destitute that even stray dogs take pity on him and come and lick his sores, says Jesus. So not only was Lazarus poor, but he was also lonely uh, by himself. He was dejected. He was hungry. And he apparently had some sort of terrible illness that covered his body with sores. And the rich man, in heavy contrast, well, he had amazing clothes. He feasted lavishly all the time. Sounds like he had a pretty good life in a, a lot of ways. And probably people thought he was really well off. Well, Both of them died. And what happened when they died? We only have a brief snippet, but this brief snippet told in a parable is one of the most detailed descriptions of the immediate after-death state we have in the entire Bible. So uh, verses 22 and 23 says, The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off, with Lazarus at his side. Now, we should probably be careful about drawing too many conclusions about what happens directly after we die. 
from this particular teaching because it is a parable after all, and a parable is a bit of a story meant to illustrate a truth, but uh, this is not Jesus directly teaching us about the intermediate state between death and eternal life. But I will say, I do find what Jesus is saying here to be quite fascinating. Angels come and carry Lazarus to Abraham's side? Well, two big questions out of just that one sentence. Do angels carry all of those believers who were saved uh, up to Abraham's side after they die? And, find, and the big question, what in the world is Abraham's side? Now, you might have a different translation that says Abraham's bosom. And uh, what is that? What does that even mean? Is that talking about heaven? It's, it's such a weird turn of phrase. Well, Let's read our chapter and then we'll come back and we will discuss that most mysterious of Bible mysteries. Luke chapter 16, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Now Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who received an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. So he called the manager in and asked, what's this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can no longer be my manager. Then the manager said to himself, what will I do since my master is taking management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I'm removed from management, people will welcome me into their homes. So he summoned each one of his master's debtors. How much do you owe my master? He asked the first one. A hundred measures of olive oil, he said. Ah, take your invoice, he told him. Sit down quickly and write fifty. Next, he asked another, how much do you owe? A hundred measures of wheat, he said. Take your invoice, he told him, and write eighty. So the master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd than the children of light in dealing with their own people. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of worldly wealth, so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. So, if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with what is genuine? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, since he either will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who were lovers of money, were listening to all these things and scoffing at him. And he told them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly admired by people is revolting in God's sight. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed, and everyone is urgently invited to enter it. But it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter in the law to drop out. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and everyone who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. There was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day, but a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here while you are in agony. 
Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you, so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot, neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house, because I have five brothers to warn them, so that they won't also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told him, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. So what is Abraham's side? The Greek word there is kind of odd in that it refers to a part of a garment, actually, that we don't really wear in modern times. It's a fold in a person's uh, clothing, a robe area, sort of. It's somewhere in the chest area. It seems that Jesus is conveying that those who die in the Lord go to the same place as Abraham is in heaven, close beside him. Essentially, maybe we would say in modern times, like in his pocket almost. Now, some have interpreted Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom to indicate some sort of purgatory, but I don't think that's what's intended here. For one, Abraham, the hero of the Jewish faith and one who talked face-to-face with God, is here in this place. And I don't believe the Bible teaches us that Abraham would need to spend thousands of years in purgatory if there was anything in the Bible that hinted that there's any sort of purgatory at all. And I can't find anything that hints at that. Uh, But let's consider these verses in terms of where is Abraham according to the Bible. Well, Galatians 3.9 says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations will be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So we know Abraham is blessed along with people who are of faith. We see something similar in Romans 4, verses 1 through 3. Paul writes, What shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. All right, so we see there that the scriptures say that Abraham was saved by faith and justified, which means declared fully righteous by faith and thus destined for heaven. But an earlier passage in Luke is even more clear about where exactly Abraham is. Jesus says in Luke chapter 13, 25 through 28, when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. So that's a last day's teaching of Jesus where he's saying that many will be excluded who knew who Jesus was but didn't follow him. But on the other hand, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be in the kingdom of God. I think Luke 13 there is quite clearly teaching that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are in heaven, the kingdom of God. And thus, Abraham's side is a metaphorical way, again, of speaking of eternity in heaven. But if you're not fully convinced by all that we've read so far, 
I think Matthew 8 settles it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Verses 10 through 12 says, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, that pretty much settles it. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are in the kingdom of heaven, heaven itself, according to Jesus. So to be in the folds of Abraham's garment is to stand right beside him where he is, that is, to be in heaven. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse of the month of July, Luke chapter 6, verse 47 and 48. Jesus says, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.